website. Um, okay, so hi, first of all, and this is our first monthly member call. And these are really laid back and honestly your opportunity to talk to each other. Um, and this year, I did not do this last year. And if you're a returning member, you know, we usually just come and, and that's kind of how I want it to still go is just talk about what's on your heart, questions, give support. Um, but with that said, I wanted this year to do monthly themes. And the conversations can center around that that topic, of course, but then obviously if you have other questions or ideas or something you want to share, feel free to do that as well. This is your call. This is um, a time, I love these calls because it's a time every month to meet together to just come and chat with other Harmony members, other music teachers who are in there doing it with just like you are in your classrooms. Um, and with that said, if you can't make it live, there's the replays are always available in the member portal um, for you to watch at your own time. So these are not like a workshop. I am not presenting. I am not teaching you. I am literally just opening the doors for you to share and talk and ask questions. And then what we do is if you have something you would like to contribute to the conversation or respond to someone who maybe had a question, then by all means, go for it. Okay. So, um, okay. So the theme for August is back to school. Um, we have, this is accountability week and we have had, uh, mentors hopefully you've met with your mentor if you have not please let me know because um, as far as i know mentors have reached out accounting accountability groups was on tuesday and then um and if you have not met yet that's okay i'm just we are setting up different katie and i talked a lot before school started about i said i want to provide different ways this year these calls are great do not get me wrong but i wanted some more um individualized conversations and smaller group conversations going on throughout the week and giving you you guys the option of what you would like to choose. There's no pressure. You don't have to um, choose all of it, okay? This is not to overwhelm you or to cause more um, stuff for you to have to do, okay? I don't want you to feel like, oh my gosh, do I have to do it? No, no, no. You can choose. And honestly, the mentor, um, I was mentoring, I don't know if she's here. Um, I took on a couple of mentees and I, that's such a weird word every time I say it, but it, it is what it is. Uh, and I was telling her, I'm like, this is not a huge time commitment. Um, it is one Monday a month set aside for mentorship. And then the rest of the month is up to you and your mentor, how often you communicate. Same with accountability group. It's one time a month set aside for you to, and when I say one time set aside for you to communicate, it is literally, you can go back and forth an email, Facebook message. You can share your phone numbers, however you want to do that. But we're going to move forward. So the theme of August is back to school. And you guys have been, we've been talking about that this week. And I just want you to, I'm going to open the floor for anybody to ask questions. Uh, maybe you've already gone back to school, share what, uh, how you've set up your classroom. Um, whatever. You didn't tell me, but I heard you talking to him. Is that, Wendy, is that you? I'm going to mute you real quick. There we go. Okay. So um, anybody who wants to go first, just asking a question or sharing about um, preparing to go back to school. Maybe you've actually already gone back to school. Maybe you have questions about, I'm overwhelmed. What do I do with going back to school? I would just love to. And Katie, I'm going to let you go first because she actually let me um, know today she wanted to share a, and remind me, was it a name game? I know I got your text and I totally, okay. So a name game that she's done with her students that she wanted to share because I know Katie's already back. So we'll start with her. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to share my screen. I used slides for the first time in my now four years of teaching. Like I'm in my fourth year and it's made all the difference keeping me on track. Um, so I'm just going to share what I've been using in the classroom. How has your first week gone, Katie? When did you start? Was it Tuesday? Uh, can y'all see that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so K through two came back on Friday and okay. then everybody in the whole school district, like everybody except K2, their first day was Monday. So this was our first full week. Um, so like last Friday I only taught two classes and then I've had full days every day this week. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm really tired. Like, you know, I, that first week back mm -hmm. you forget like how much it feels like you've been hit by a truck, mm -hmm. but it's really bad. Um, but it's been fun. They added kindergarten into my schedule. So I'm now a K-5 teacher for the first time. It's scary. Mm. <laughs> um, and she's only but, done first through fifth. So that's what yeah. Katie, if you guys don't know that. Which it works really nicely because a lot of my first grade stuff in the past has been like, okay, this is your first time ever in music. Um, so I'm really just treating those kindergartners the same way that I've been treating first graders at the beginning of the year. Um, and like mm -hmm. this week we've been doing steady beat, like incorporated throughout our lesson. Um, and then I have, kindergarten honestly wasn't that bad because I've taught preschool music before. And so I've like realized that if I could teach three-year-olds, the five-year-olds that have like been potty trained and don't put everything in their mouths, is not really that complicated. <laughs> um, and they do come with their paraprofessional as of right now, because I like, insisted that they start with another adult in the room um because the kindergarten teacher doesn't have to do it by themselves all day so why should we um so i just kind of put my foot down on that one um so what i'm going to show you today is a name game and i did it with k through five all week and i didn't know if it was going to work k through five and it took me a few different um ways of approaching this activity to figure out what works but i finally figured it out about day and a half into the week so um I will share with you what I do and how I kind of modify it for kindergartners all the way through fifth. So this, I got this activity when I was at ORF level two, we had a special topics from Erin Ellington. She's a teacher in North Carolina. Um, I don't know if this is her thing or if she got this from somewhere, but that's who I heard it from, Erin Ellington. So I'm just gonna sing the song and then I'll, the song goes, Ickle blue bottle fishes in the sea. Come and share your first name with little old me. So, so Lami. Um, and then, so I, earlier in my lesson, I did um, Welcome to Music. It's a quaver song, um, but it just goes, Welcome to Music. But I do a steady beat with them while we're singing that. And so we, you know, do our roles and all this. And then I say, Okay, let's bring back our steady beat and I sing the song, then we break it down line by line, they echo after me. Um, so that's the song. And I say, okay, with the older kids, I say, what do you think the purpose of the song is? And then some kid goes, it's about fish. Well, yeah, but what's the purpose of the song? It's about sharing your name. Um, so I teach the song. Then I ask, like with the little kids, I go, who can count to four? And they go one, two, three, four. And I let any kid that wants a turn to count to four have a turn to count to four. Um, Cause I'm just trying to fill the time. 
and I, then I have them say, my name is, and then I say, what do you think goes on the fourth beat? And somebody goes, your name. So I say, my name is Miss Holbrook, but your name's not Miss Holbrook. Your name is, and then they all say their name. So we practice saying that in that order and they know not to say the next word until I point to that finger. Then we practice doing that on a beat. So then we transfer that beat instead of counting. Um, then I get out of djembe and I was really brave and every kid has played an instrument this week. Um, I was really not sure how I was gonna feel about that because I'm very type A, but it worked. And I also, when I go over my rules, one of them is care for the music space. And I talk about how, when we play instruments that we have to be listening when Ms. Holbrook tells us how we are gonna play the instrument. That way we keep the instrument safe and ourselves safe. Um, and they've done really well with that. I was shocked that I was letting them play an instrument the first week. Uh, I mean, I could start with rhythm sticks or egg shakers, things that are more indestructible, but they did fine with the djembe. Um, so I talk about the djembe and like where it's from and the parts of the drum, um, why it's hollow. And like with the little kids, I tell them, I use the word vibrations, but then I just kind of call them squiggles in the air. And we talk about, we don't leave our hands on the drum. We let our hands come back up. Those squiggles can go around. Um, then we pretend to play the djembe on our leg. My name is Miss Holbrook. Then we do the song. I decided because they like to do drum rolls on their legs, even the big kids, because they like to be obnoxious. So I do a drum roll and we practice like stopping when I stop so that it's not chaos. Um, so we do drum roll, the song, and then I do four people. So you have 16 beats of my name is A, my name is B, all the way to four kids. Then we do another drum roll song, four kids, and we do that cycle all the way through. Um, so that was a good way to work around not moving in each other's um, personal space, especially since it's our first week back, we are mask required, but I was still wanted to not like mingle so much um, right now while we kind of feel it out. And it's pretty easy. If the kids aren't singing on this activity, I don't really bus at them because I know it's, especially the new kids, if they don't have any friends in class yet, it might be kind of scary to sing. Um, and earlier I had them share their favorite color. So that I've already heard from each kid and I had them use full sentences. My name is Miss Holbrook, favorite color is blue. Um, and like the little kids, if they just say, you know, Brayden, red, I take it. Um, but we've practiced taking turns and listening and then that's a name game. I share the rules. I sing them the book, All Are Welcome. And then I have a welcome song and a goodbye song. So that's been my lesson for every class that came to me this week. And I survived. So awesome. Does anybody have any questions for Katie about anything she just shared? Katie, how long is your class? Every class is 50 minutes, except kindergarten is 40. And then like with the little kids, I kind of go fast through the rules because I know they're not going to remember them the next time I see them. So I just mentioned them so that we're, they've been made aware of what the rules are, but I know I'm going to have to repeat myself for a long time. So I don't drill those 
with the little kids. And so I've filled in things like head, shoulders, knees, and toes. I like to do that where I like play it really fast and I slow it down. I do it backwards. And so I say it in the opposite order as we're face, facing, like we turn our bodies backwards and I do toes, knee, shoulder, head. Um, I do things like that to fill in the time. And I have a song where I say, if you're wearing red today, um, and I can share a video of that another time because um, I don't want to like dominate this space right now, but um, where they have to look at the colors of their outfits and then they get, it gives them a directive in the song of what to do. Um, so I fill that in in some of my classes because I'm still lacking in time management as far as like, I think I filled up a 50 minute block and I'm going to have to like bump things over and then I have tons of time left over. Mm -hmm. um, but I do have stuff like that in my back pocket that I can fill in. Yeah. Anybody else? Any other questions for Katie? And then I'll, I'll let someone else share. I have a question for Katie. Yeah. She Go for said, it. Um, she uses Quaver, but also has Google Slides. I'm kind of torn because I've used the customization features with the lessons from Quaver forever. It's super time consuming with all the extra things to do. But I guess my question is, you did this on Welcome to Music. So like, had it? did you play it or just sing it a cappella? I just sang it by myself. We did study beat and okay. I also simplified it for the little kids. And I think there are like two different versions in Quaver. There's like a K2 and a 3-5. Um, so with the little kids, I just do so and me. And then I think like only fourth and fifth grade, I added in law. Um, because I do really want to work with my little kids on not like defaulting to adding law to everything. Um, okay, because yeah, that's they hear that naturally. But you did it a cappella, so you didn't have to worry right. about that. Right. Um, the only thing I have, I did my slides in Canva, and the only thing that was linked to anything, the next slide was a book, and I had these grand ideas of taking pictures of the pages of the book and putting it in the slides, and I just never got around to it, but I had already recorded the video that we're required to put up on our Canvas page if kids are out, so we just watched the clip of that video where I read the book. Um, and so I just linked that and then it, but it's linked right to the timestamp on YouTube. And then when that's done, I just go back to Canva. Susan in the chat, Laura, do you have any more, Laura, do you have any more questions before mm -hmm. I move? Yeah, move I was on? curious if anybody, um, we had been doing Zoom for a whole year and they're getting rid of it. And I want to know who has dealt with the, it might be frustrating Google Meet. Like, I just have this feeling we're going to end up going back to Google Meet. Or, like, I've, I've never had it, but I think based on what's happening, we may end up needing to get, like, does anybody use it? And, like, my question is, what have you found works for Google Meet if you have used it? Um, I've used it before. I mean, it's... I was told, I was told, but if you tried to show any kind of video of, like, a book, it, like freezes a lot. I don't know if that's still true. Katie, you used Google Meet recently for, not for students, but for a call you did for um, something. Did, did, did you share slides on there? Oh, so, really? But yeah, still, but what's, what's, um, are the features similar to Zoom? I've, it's, I have used it. It's just been a long time. So I don't want to, um, you know, talk I'm to that. I'm also a Zoom person. So, mm. um, the thing that I hosted on a Google Meet is supposed to be a monthly thing, so I will 
check it out the next time I do that and I will get back to you on that. But there are some things that I feel like are missing, but I also am very well versed in Zoom having used it every day of my life for a year. Um, so I don't, I'm not the Googling expert, but right. I do a- find that same frustration of it feels like it's just a little off, kind of like the yeah. Quaver customized slides. It just feels very mm-hmm. tedious. Has anybody else in here? Like, oh, sorry, Katie. No, you're fine. Has anybody else in here used Google Meet that you could talk to that? I've used Google Meet, but it's usually for only for meetings and not for class. Mm. Yeah, I just got this feeling concurrent might come back. So I'm fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> right. Um, well, my advice with that would just be to you go in there and kind of, I do this a lot. Um, I have a pretend meeting I'm doing for imaginary people and like I'm presenting on zoom to no one, but just to go and that's, you know, how I've figured out zoom a lot or, you know, Facebook live or whatever it might be. So I would just do that and like pretend you are reading a book or sharing slides on there and just see, kind of see what happens. But my thing is with technology, as you are all very well aware is it could work great for you. And then the first time you do it with kiddos, it could freeze because um, zoom even has, you know, there's times it wants to work. For example, when I was about to start this call, I started it later than I wanted because it decided to do an update right then. I didn't tell it to you, it just decided it's time. We're doing it now. And so, um, but that would be my advice with, with anything is just to go in and play around with it to figure out the features and what you like or don't like about it. You know, um, I know that's a very generic answer, but <laughs> um, if anybody else has anything to share about Google Meet, please do. Um, but Susan in the chat, Katie asked, did every student have an instrument or only when it was their turn? I was working on typing your response back. Oh, um, <laughs> so, you're fine. Um, so my djembe has like, you know, it has the like string, it's not really string, but you know, like the webbing around it. Mm-hmm. And, and that has a built-in like handle. So I, when I show it to him, I play it between my legs. But when I carry it around, I just carried it like this or I carried it like football style. And I show them there's like a mark of the brand of the drum. And I say, okay, you're going to aim for that. And I talk about like, I use this part of my finger. So I don't get that flat sound. Um, but I just carried around or did this if this started to be too much. And I just hold it in front of their face. And they give like, I tell them it's like, in the drum a high five. Um, but we go around and because we had already practiced listening when it wasn't our turn to talk. Um, the expectation was that when it's not your turn, you don't talk. And it's especially hard once you've already had your turn to stay quiet. Um, so there was a lot of me like turning around and going, shh, because we're sitting in a circle this year. Got to have my circle. Very excited. Um, but yeah, so we just carried, I just carry the djembe around to each kid. And then I do a drum roll um, every four kids. When it comes to instruments, I get asked this question a lot and in fact this week by somebody my advice for instruments whether it's the beginning of the school year or the end of the school year is it depends on the activity it depends on each class and it honestly depends on you <laughs> you know you could have something planned where you're using an instrument for each child and then you're th- deciding this is actually going to take a lot longer to prepare or teach than i thought it would and so we're just not going to be able to do this um, and I would tell you to have the students share instruments sometimes too, like, especially if it's a dr- a big drum or a xylophone, but I know with COVID that's probably not the best advice. So 
when it comes to when you look at activities you're planning or lessons you're planning and you're deciding how am I going to incorporate instruments into this my first piece of advice is you don't have to do them every time um body percussion for the wind movement activities it's looking there's so much you could you all know that you can do to each song you you seriously could spend four weeks on one song because you could keep adding layers onto it like a cake so when you're deciding what if you're gonna if or when or how you're gonna use instruments it is looking at the activity and then saying you know what like Katie decided this would be a good activity where I'm just going to walk around and have them try out the drum because this is maybe the first time a lot of these students have ever played this drum. Um, and then I'll slowly layer in like letting them each have their own instrument instrument later on or whatever. Um, but I've heard some teachers like, well, I use instruments every single time because I don't want students to feel left out or to have the I didn't get a turn. But with that, this is going to sound really mean and I don't know how else to say it besides saying it like this students are just going to have to get over it sometimes <laughs> and they're just going to you know they just have to learn that in the music room we don't always get a turn we don't always get to do the instrument i wanted to do i mean think about in the art room it's they're not going to maybe get to use the same color paint they want to use or in pe they're maybe not going to get their hands on a basketball but maybe they're going to be playing defense or whatever i know those are weird examples but so with instruments that is my advice is literally or you could even say if you want to make it easy for yourself, say, okay, one week, I'm going to have it where a couple students play this and I'm going to keep track of who got to play the drum. The next week, everybody gets an instrument. The next week, we're going to not do instruments or I'll do bard instruments sometimes, rhythm instruments another time. Sometimes the kids will rotate. It just depends on a lot of things, your teaching style, what activity you're doing, how much time you have to teach the lesson. Um, so that was a lot. Um, ask anything about that, but um, okay. So with going back to school, I want to hear any questions you have. Um, I've been getting a lot of emails this week as well about, I know what I need to do, but I'm overwhelmed with where to start. Is anybody, let's start there tonight. Is anybody on that page right now of like, all right, I got a list of a lot of things I need to get done. For those of you who have not returned back yet, but you're, you're also, what do I do first, second, third, 17th, 19th, what do I, who's there? And if you are, this is a safe space, you guys, okay? Um, this always will be. It, I, I always want you to realize that. This is this is the place. Nobody even watches the replay but Harmony members. I will never include this on my podcast, nothing. It's just us. So unmute, feel free to ask questions, talk about your struggles, what are we facing? And I would love to, um, you guys, to give each other feedback on that. Who wants to go first? No pressure at all. I saw a few of you nodding your heads, but I do not want to like call you out and make you feel like, oh gosh, Jessica singling me out. Cassidy, you want to go? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know what to do. I still have like my room is set up kind of, but then again, I also still have like boxes on my desk that haven't been moved. And I know Meet the Teacher is coming up. And I know that as soon as I get into the classroom, I need to start prepping for the Veterans Day. But also, are we singing? But also, can we play recorders? But also, like, I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm doing. Because mm -hmm. I taught over Microsoft Teams for an entire half of a year. So now the kids are coming to me and I feel like I'm frozen in my tracks. I don't I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to prep for Veterans Day. Like, <laughs> let's start with what do you have done? What have what have you done? Let's start with your classroom. Okay, like setting up the classroom part. 
have you gotten you said you have boxes so what let's talk about the positives first what have you what have you set up Everything is pretty much set up. Like my instruments are okay. all in a place. I've got some cute little posters on the wall and a bulletin board. I've got lights and stuff. The boxes are pretty much my, like, from my mentor teacher and student teaching, my resource binders, my sub tub, mm -hmm. which I haven't made a subfolder yet. Um, That's okay. And just okay. like my coffee makers in a box and they're just like sprawn out on my desk mm -hmm. everywhere. But mostly things are put away. Um, the file cabinets are a little bit of a mess, but I've been working my way through them trying to find things because mm -hmm. I took it over from a previous teacher who left. So it's not like my stuff is all in a place. It's just kind of still out there. Yeah. Okay. So my viewpoints about back to school, because I did start in the middle of school year, my very first year teaching, and I was given a week to set up before I saw kids. And it was a hot mess in there and I had nothing. And so I remember thinking like, well, it's just going to have to be what it is by the time they walk in here. You know, I'm kind of grateful for that, though, because I am a perfectionist, very type A. Dang. I want my ducks in a row. A lot of times they're scattered and I, I, I've gotten better about handling stress that way. But when you when I realized that, you know, the main goal is to teach the kids music. And so it doesn't mean not to think about these things right it doesn't mean to not think about i need to go through the cabinets i need to go through these boxes and unpack stuff i need to plan my veterans program these are very valid and important things to plan but cassidy i'm hearing i'm kind of seeing myself in you a little bit we're like you don't have to have it all done right away okay? okay so i want you first of all and anybody else listening i want you to give yourself some grace and be patient with yourself and say you know what if I get my students the first day they come in and these boxes still have stuff in them, I haven't had time to put them on a shelf or go through them, I'm gonna just simply slide them under my desk. If <laughs> I, you know, I know I need to plan for my veterans program, but it is this many weeks away. So I'm gonna give myself grace the first week of school to focus on the first week of school. Then the following week, I'm gonna really start mapping out what do I need to get done with that? So my, this is what I advised someone this week. I said, what any of you in here, I want you, if you have not done this, and I know this, it's like the simplest things that work well. So I really want you to just get a piece of paper or open a Google Doc or actually look in Harmony. I don't know if you guys have seen that back to school checklist. Katie created that. I think one of us did. I don't remember. Gosh. Um, let me post it in here because there is a back to school checklist. And this is why I created this because someone last year said, uh, same topic we're having right now. I want um help with i know what i need to do but how do i know when to do it and so in the monthly lesson plan pack and packs and resources section at under the bonus teacher resources nope bonus nope bonus teacher resources there is a yes that's harmony back to school checklist and i'm going to just post a link to it here if you have already logged in you will be able to see that but the monthly lesson plan pack section in the bonus resources there is a back to school checklist. There is an ultimate program planning guide and uh, that will help you with going back and knowing, okay, everything you need to know to plan a program is in that. It's an extensive PDF I created. Um, there's assessment stuff. There is thoughts to help you think through mindset. What if graphic organizers? 
Um, like, what if I'm virtually teaching again? What if I'm on a cart? What if I'm this, 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 this? Um, so those three things I would suggest. The one I posted in the chat is the back to school checklist. It may or may not apply to you. You're like some of it, you're like, I need to skip over that. I've already done it, whatever. But it'll give you a framework to start with, okay? Um, because I, I know, I know. And you want you want your room to be ready. You want all the programs to be planned out. You want to have your first month of school planned out with lessons. You want um, everything unpacked, set up, ready to go. The bulletin board's looking perfect. I get it. But at the same time, know that it will happen. The things will happen. It may not be right away. It may not be week two, but the things will get done. I promise. Okay. So I don't know who needed to hear that, but I know, and I'm not just like saying fluff just to say it. I mean it. It's put a lot of pressure on ourselves, right? In life with anything, (laughs) but your kids are just excited to learn music and they, they are not going to walk in. And if they see a box on the floor, be like, oh, I'm leaving. This is, forget it. She's not it. She's not the teacher I thought she would be. Okay. So I wanted to start with that, but who else has some feedback for Cassidy or who else has questions about same you're, you have a to-do list and you're just trying to figure out like how to do it, how to, how to tackle all the things you need to get done. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Do you remember the podcast you did about um, imposter syndrome with the, it was like an hour long. I've been trying to listen to that on repeat. Cause I don't know if you guys feel the same, but on TikTok and Facebook and all those teachers are like, here's my perfect classroom setup. And they've been in there since July the 1st. And it's really hard yeah. to not feel like I'm really behind. And my, like I walk into my classroom, I'm like, man, it doesn't look like that, mm-hmm. you know, but that's okay too. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's why I recorded that because everything was my experience of I, I kind of was like a minimalist music teacher because I had to be. <laughs> I had <laughs> no money and I had no one giving me money to buy things. And they yeah. were just like my principal hired me and said, you're going to see the students in a week. And I could hear them throwing chairs next door in the art room. And I'm going. Awesome. This is going to be <laughs> fantastic. I'm really excited. Um, but yes imposter syndrome is real. And I don't necessarily always think it's a bad thing. Okay. I I really don't, because I think if you see the way someone else is doing things, it can inspire you. It can be exciting thinking, oh, wow, that is a cool bulletin board. But instead of it stopping you in your tracks and saying, oh my gosh, they're so creative. They're so artsy. I'm not artsy. I can't draw a stick person. I mean, I can, but you can't tell a stick person. I'm just not, I'm not artistic. I'm not creative. I'm not like, you know, even on teacher pay teacher, you see people creating resources that are so pretty and it's just not me. Mine are like boring Google doc. Like it's just not, that's just me. I'm not. Um, and so when you see someone sharing, I've shared this before and it doesn't mean you want others to struggle. People, including me, share your highlights, the wins, the positive quotes, the this is what's working, right? But some people are real and honest and vulnerable online. And, you know, but there's most of the time they're just posting the good. They're not posting maybe there was a child having a meltdown in their classroom that day. They're not posting the lesson that they're posting that was like, look at this lesson plan I created, but they're not telling you that there was a class that just wasn't participating and did not want to sing that day. Um, they're not posting that they had technology issues on Google Meet, right? They're, you're not seeing that stuff. But does it mean it's not happening? It doesn't mean you want to see people struggle. But when you see people sharing, 
I love social media, but I hate it. Okay. I'm just being real with you guys. I, I am on, I'll share on my Instagram, but there's some days I don't look at anybody else's stuff. It's the truth. It's not being, and it's not me being like, just look at me and I'm not looking at anybody else, but there's certain days where I'm like, I just like, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like seeing them because I, there's some people I know behind the scenes aren't that way, like, you know, on Instagram, but I'm like, wait, I just heard you talking bad about this person. I just can't deal with it. I, I'm always authentic and real and I want to be that way. And so when you see other people sharing, my classroom was, you know, it took one day and it was all perfectly done and all this stuff. You also don't know who handed them things, you know, here, I'm done with these bulletin boards. Do you want to use them as set up? Or maybe their classroom was already still set up before COVID. And all they had to do is come in and like brush off a few drums and take covers off of certain xylophones and everything was ready to go. And so just don't, <laughs> don't compare yourself. I don't know what else to say besides that, but just, it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. And it doesn't matter if you've been teaching one year or 30 years, it's still, it's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. There's still going to be times where you're, you're, you're trucking along and you, you're like, man, I'm doing, I feel so like I'm doing a good job and, and you are doing a good job, but you feel like you're just like, oh my gosh, my students are so engaged. I'm really excited about this year. And bam, you see someone post the same song or activity you did, but they did it in a different way. And they're talking about all this stuff that they did with their students. And they were so engaged. And you're like, wait, I didn't get that response from my kids. Well, they're not your students. It's not your experience. It's not the same school you're at. Okay. So it's never going to be the same experience. And that's what I really try to get across to music teachers. Your experience won't look like anyone else's because I mean, gosh, I could walk in one school and, and this is, don't get me on my soapbox. One thing I hate about um, teacher observations, right? First of all, you get like one minute of the year and they're evaluating you on that. But if you walk into a school building and you see a teacher, I remember doing my practicums way back in, you know, dinosaur ages and seeing certain teachers teaching their students and be like, oh my gosh, they're such a great teacher. And then you go see this other teacher at another school and the kids are running around and it looks like chaos. It's like comparing apples to oranges because maybe the teacher isn't really engaging the kids, but is it, it's not always that. Sometimes it's, it's their students or they're trying different activities because what this teacher over here is doing is not going to work with these students. Okay. So I wanted to say that I know there's some stuff going on in the chat, but I want to read them in a minute, but Cassidy, I, I talked about that way longer than I meant to, but yes, imposter syndrome is real. It will come up process through your thoughts process. Why am I feeling this way? what caused this? Is it because I saw one Instagram post? And if it was, I'm not going to let that bother me. I'm going to let that teacher be who she or he is called to be, and I'm going to be who I am. Okay. All right. Who else? Who has stuff to share about back to school? Um, it can be anything we've talked about so far or any other questions we have not brought up tonight that you would like to ask or discuss. And while I'm waiting for anyone to unmute, I'm going to scroll up and read this chat real quick. Um, Oh, Wendy made a good point. Who's someone? Stephanie. Well, um, just proof of concept. Um, the the monthly check, the harmony checklist mm -hmm. um, was what freed me from my paralysis to actually get started on lesson good. planning. I just good. needed, I needed to be able to look at a long list of things that looked overwhelming and I just mm -hmm. needed to start checking some of those things off the list. Okay. Good. I've got this done. Like Good. I cleaned off my desk today. Okay. Check mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And after I was able to check a few of those things off, 
it started just psychologically, it just started to feel more manageable. And then what I ended up doing was starting with specifically lesson planning was what I needed to get done. I had had, I'd done sort of the, the monthly plan, but I needed to actually go in and do like, okay, they walk in the room, one, two, three, four, five, these are the things we're going to do. And I started with, um, you know, the grade levels that I felt most comfortable with and I just knocked it out. And when, when I was able to like finish that lesson plan, the more successes that I had, it just helped me to keep going because I was able to keep going down the list and checking those things off one thing at a time. So I'd really encourage you to take a look at that checklist and just focus on that one thing. And there's probably already five things on that list that you can already check off. And then you can start just knocking those down one by one and do it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, Stephanie. I'm glad because um, when I create resources and put them in the membership site, it is, it's either been asked, you know, by another member of uh, my brain is swirling. And so I'm like, I need to create a resource around that or it's something I've used before. So I'm, I'm really glad that helped you because I know what it's like. You're like, ah, my brain. And so sometimes it isn't about writing it down. A checklist helps because you can literally check it off across it off and you can even add to it. There's going to be things you want to put on there that I didn't put on there. Um, okay. So Wendy said, um, I'm going to touch on this real quick because I it moved. Okay. The kids don't know the difference though. Most haven't seen other music rooms. When I was talking about every teacher teaches different students. And so, you know, walking into different practicums or student teaching experiences, or if you've also taught at multiple different schools, you know that the schools are different and the students you see will be different. The demographics of the kids will be different, but she's right. The students don't know the difference in other music rooms, but I think it's okay to have conversations with your kids about that. Not you guys are different than the kids down the street, but at the same time, for example, my students came in music class. I had no instruments. I had a piano. I always say I have no instruments. And someone one day said, did you have a piano? I'm like, I did have a piano. Why do I never talk about that? I had a piano. Okay. I didn't have any like instruments for the kids to hold there. Um, but I remember uh, I had some students from other schools and those and the other ones, I remember some kids being like, well, where's your instruments or your walls don't have very much on them or whatever other comments, not all the kids. There would be certain comments like that. And you're always going to have students who make comments. There's just going to is what it is. And so I remember just having conversations with the kids. Yes, you're right. And, but here's what, guys, you got to remember, there hasn't been music here for seven years. Miss um, Prest is going to do my best at getting this classroom decorated. But if we don't, we're still going to create music in here. We're still going to make music. And I, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, and so I think it's okay to have conversations, not maybe, you know what, this teacher down here is teaching this way and she has this many instruments and this many things on their wall. But I think it's okay to talk to your students just about what's happening in your room, about your expectations, about what you're going to be doing in the music room that um, that year, about, yes, Miss blah, 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 did it this way, who maybe that was the teacher before you, but that's okay. She did it that way, but I'm this teacher and I'm going to do it this way. Or, um, you know, maybe they, they're coming from a different school. You have some students who've transferred to your school and they're saying, my music teacher there did it this way. Or, oh, we sang this song before, but we did this activity. That's great. Why don't you teach it to us? Show us what activity that is. I would love to learn that. So engage, you know, I, I don't know how to answer that, but basically you're right. The kids aren't going to know the difference in the different music rooms and that's okay. I think just keeping the relationship building going, really focusing on creating music with your students, let them teach you 
let them teach you. Like I had several students where I know this song and I would be like amazed at the dance they would show me or whatever it might be. So let the students teach you too. Um, yeah, Katie, slow and steady wins the race. She said, uh, you're going to, your classroom will evolve with you too. The way you, the way you set it up. Um, that's definitely true. All right. Who else? Talking about back to school. Maybe it's something you've talked to your mentor about this week. Maybe your accountability group, maybe none of the above, but you're really having questions about back to school or you want to share something that you've done for back to school or that you're planning to do with your kiddos as they come back. I would love to hear any of that. Anyone? You guys are... I don't know that mine is a question. It's more like a comment and maybe other people can validate. I always get like, not paralyzed may or may not be the right word to use for it, but I always feel like there are so many, so many different things that we can do, right? Like so many songs, so many activities, so many, like, how do you pick and choose the ones that are going to work. And I know it's not all like magic and it's not going to work necessarily. So it's trial and error, but like, how do you figure out what's going to work? What the best activity is? Like I, uh, Katie was saying she has like 40 minutes with her kinders. I have 15. So it's real short, like get to know their names. I, I mean, some of them I have from preschool, but honestly, I don't know their names in preschool because there's like 90 of them. So I, there's no way. Um, but like, how do you pick and choose? How do you decide what's going to work possibly? I don't know. There's, it's like a huge open-ended question comment on my part, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I teach from preschool through sixth grade and then mm-hmm. I have a seventh, eighth grade choir. So Mm-hmm. it's not the junior high part that I struggle with. It's honestly, it's like the kindergartners and then the sixth graders. Cause the sixth yeah. graders are too cool for anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Stephanie. Um, I, she said, I just picked the songs I like best. Do you want to touch on that a little more? Yeah. I don't uh, ever see it. Like, you know what your goal is. Like, you, you know, like you have your goals, like name games. And so, I mean, you could, you could spend, you know, hours like looking at, you know, seeing if right. you can find, like that's where I get paralyzed. I go down the rabbit hole, you know, and then I'm three hours later, I'm like, I've got nothing done. That's where I'm at. I haven't started teaching yet. And the other thing is about lesson planning, like get it down on paper. You can always change change your mind later. I totally do that. You can change your mind. Nobody knows, but us, but still. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I touched on that. And if you haven't watched the workshops, it's totally, I'm not, I'm just saying, I touched on this this summer a little bit, mm-hmm. that there is so much <laughs> and right. there's, there's going to be new things coming out every year. And that's not, a, it's a bad and good thing at the same time, because it can definitely cause overwhelm yes. because of the fact that there is so much. And so that's my advice. Exactly. It's just, how do you decide what works? You don't until you try it. And I know that's like, well, that stinks because I don't want to try something if it's not going to work with my kiddos, but you really yeah. won't know until you try it. And then you will know once you try it, either you will say, mm, I don't really want to teach this song anymore, or your students don't respond to, respond to it the way you thought they would. And so you could just kind of make a note of that. Maybe like not cross it out completely, but say, I'm going to try this again next year and see if it goes, goes better with my new set of fourth graders or whatever grade it might be. Right. Um, but you can have a running list. Like, 
for teaching, I don't know, gosh, eighth notes. You can have a few songs under there that you want to teach and then pick, you know, two and start with that. And then the other ones you could say, I want to teach these, but I don't have time to fit them in this year. And so I'm going to keep them on my list and add them or substitute them in when or if I decide to. And so when you get stuck, like you said, I think it is because you're a great teacher and you're wanting to not miss out on anything. You're not wanting your students to miss out on any, um, but this actually goes back to Wendy's point. Oh, I think she said something else, but I, oh, I was responding to her first point when she was talking about your students don't know. Well, that goes back to that point because they're, they don't know if there's a song that you were told to teach to, you know, first grade in college. You know what I mean? I I mean, I remember, gosh, you know, you're given all this stuff and you're like, cover all this. And you're like, wait, I don't have time to cover all that. That's a lot. So I would sit down and say, what do I want to teach to my kids? Maybe not for the whole entire year. Focus on right now. And then if you see some other, like Katie just presented an activity, you're Mm -hmm. like, that's a great activity, but I don't have time right now to plug that in. But I'm going to keep that in my, like, put it on my list of things I might want to do one day, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Does that help you a little bit, Joanna? Then I want to hear from other people too. Okay. I know that's kind of all over the place answer. No, I I also find like I'll find things like, you know, for example, again, like Katie just said, and I'll say, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then I write it down and then I don't know where I put it. Right. You know, I would just, I would just create a Google Doc, maybe create a Google folder for yourself in Google Drive. I feel like I just said Google 20 times, but <laughs> and then on that doc, it's just a running. That's what I love about Google, especially Google Docs, because it just saves it for you, you know, but you you know, and I even have it on my phone because I'll always go and edit Google Docs from my phone. And so you can always either have it with you on your phone or your computer or your home computer, your work computer, and just constantly go back and update it as you go. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be my advice. Um, yeah. But if you saw my desk right now, papers everywhere. Um, I recently- That's what I like my <laughs> desktop looks terrible. like. I open up a tab, yeah. find something I like, leave it open so I don't forget that I like right. it. Mm-hmm. Then I don't- my husband hates looking at my computer. He's the mm-hmm. IT guy with oh, minus two. He's open. a network administrator, and it's yeah. He he. If I say, hey, can you come help me with something? I'm like, don't. I have to. I have Look to preface it with, don't comment on anything that any of the tabs or the folders I've created. Just literally help me with this one thing. Yeah. Why would you? No, 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 no. I know that's not. <laughs> so I get it. We could have that conversation. Trust me. Yeah. Um. Okay. So who else? who else can relate to Joanna or has advice to give her about how do you choose when there is so many, there's so much, there really is. And you could go to ORF training in the Kadai and they'll teach you similar, but also different, different activities or songs. And you're like, okay, that's great. Oh my gosh. Now I'm going to, okay, wait. Oh, this person over here also has on Quaver, right? There's music play. There's all great. It's all amazing stuff. But it, that's what can cause even your plan time, your planning, when you sit down to plan lessons to take forever because you're trying to pull from a lot of stuff. And I think going back to it just takes time. When I was talking about taking time to figure out setting up your classroom and that kind of stuff, I think that takes time too to figure out where do you want to pull resources from? where What songs do you want to pull from? Um, Katie and I have had this conversation before about Quaver because she's used it for a few years now. So she said, took me a while to figure out, but I like these songs and not these, and I want to use this, but not this, but that just takes time. 
you know, there's really no way at the, you know, you can sit down and know every song from this website over here. And in this songbook over here, that's this big, you've gone through every song and there, there's just no way. Um, it really honestly, it just takes time. I, I can't tell you um, when I was creating the harmony lesson plans, um, scattered around me on the floor, you know, 30 plus resources of nope yes no yes this activity not that one this one's mm, i want to do this one. no i'm going to substitute that and did it that's it's like a spider web kind of it just it takes a lot of work up front to figure that out but this is also why i have the lesson plans for you okay and i understand you know the majority of uh, members do not just use the harmony plans this never was my intention at all but with that said it kind of gives you kind of a roadmap of okay teach these concepts. I like this song. Eh, I'm going to put this one in instead. I like how she did that there. Oh, I see she did two songs here. I I, I like that. It's going to space it out. Mm, my class period's longer, so I'm going to add more to this it, or take this one out. Do that. That's kind of my intention there is for you to kind of see what I'm trying to do here to help you with planning. Okay. Um, yes. So who else has advice for Joanna or you're facing something similar with? Yes. Okay. Cassidy. So um, when you said, like, how do I pick what am I going to do? I was going to touch on the Quaver curriculum because I use it and I was like anti-Quaver until I started using it. What I have done is because there are so many resources out there, I follow like in this half year that I've taught, I followed the Quaver curriculum and then I'd be like, oh, I kind of want to expand on the Woodwind family. And then I would look through the resources I have or Google search best songs, best activities, best worksheets, whatever to use for this specific topic. And you can even search in Quaver and they have so many resources. But like I use um, the New England Dancing Masters, like the Chimes of Dunkirk. Oh, I love those. And um, I have a new curriculum called Game Plan and Music K through 8. There's all these different things, but I really just stuck to Quaver. And then I was like, okay, I want to expand on Ta and TT. Let's look up some activities for that. So if you have like a set curriculum like Quaver, that's that's one thing that I would just suggest. Okay. just realized I was muted. Yeah. Who else? How do you choose what you're teaching when there's so much out there? How do you... Anybody else? I want you guys to um, share about what you do. What? How do you choose what you're doing? Um, I always try to incorporate. If the song has like, if it's like an action song or something with the movement, or I, it's just fun. I try to pick that more, but I'm feeling your pain too. <laughs> like movement always helps. Yeah. So you look at a song and you kind of determine by um, what you're going to do with it by. I will pick it if it has movement for sure. Like movement. If, there's, mm -hmm. if there's some kind of kinesthetic or a funny element, I try to pick it if possible. That or... mm -hmm. Yeah. And oh, also, <laughs> yeah, there's so many songs too. I remember starting with Jump Jim Joe is a book of you. I think they've renamed the book, by the way. Um, but that's what it was called when I used it. But, um, and I remember, okay, step one, peel the banana. What does that mean? What's peel the banana? I don't, I know they're not telling me to peel fruit. Oh, it means the kids go like this. Okay. No, sachet. What is the sachet? You know, it's so step by step by step. But then I got comfortable where 
if I would see a song and I didn't know the movement that went along with it, I got comfortable just kind of making it my own. Or that's a great, a great time to say, tell your students, we're going to create movement today of this song. Help me create the A section. What are we going to do? Okay, let's do the B section. What are we going to do? You know, this is after you've taught form probably, but I love that. Yeah. So Laura gave an example. She wants to choose songs where there's definitely movement or there's a way she can add movement to them. So Joanna, that's a great, a great um, piece of advice is knowing what is your favorite part of teaching elementary music or do you want to have your or especially at the beginning of the school year right what are you wanting to do with your kids what concepts do you want to focus on and when you focus on the concepts and the objectives then it's easy to easier to fill in the songs underneath because you could say i really definitely want to get them singing if we're allowed to this year with mask on i really want to focus on building their um rhythm counting right so you're like okay well what song or activity of course, there'd be 28 of them that could do that. But which one do I want to try? And then here's the thing. If you're excited about teaching it, even if there's 27 other songs out there you could have chosen, your students are going to be excited to learn it. And there will be days where you're going to get deers, deer in the headlights looks. There's going to be days where you're super pumped and excited and you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is the best lesson ever. I just wish everybody around the world could come see me teach this. It's so awesome. And then your students are sitting there like, and you're, you know, and it can, it can suck the joy out of you if you let it, but don't. Because my good friend, Amaleski says, those of you in here know her, she says, your music room is like your playground. And I agree with that. It really is. It's your, I want to try this, but it, I don't want to fear it hold me back if this doesn't work. But I also don't know if it's going to work unless I try it. And it is, you're in there excited. I, I mean, cannot tell you the amount of times lessons have bombed or they were going to be so great. And it just did not, the kids are just looking at me like, oh, what? <laughs> so I think it just goes back to just trying, trial and error, knowing what you're wanting to do, what concepts you're wanting to teach and just start somewhere and have that running list where you can keep adding and taking away as you go. Um, but please feel free to ask any questions as you go along as well this school year in the Facebook group or anywhere in the community or in, you know, in our membership site, there's comment sections under each and everything in there too. Um, all right, you guys, who else? Let's, let's finish talking about back to school and then we're gonna, we're not gonna be here much longer. So I really wanna give you guys time to talk and Laura, do you wanna go? Um based on lack of vaccinations in the area that i teach i'm seriously considering trying to take all of this outside so i wondered who um and it's not mandated masking so because of that um i mean who's had a lot of experience outside what sound systems work well you know i i'm just scared to death quite honestly um so I mean, what works outside? I mean, I thought maybe some chalk on the sidewalk, but I, you know, and drag out my ukulele, but I'm like, I don't know what else to do. I, I can't drag sit spots out there. I, I might be able to borrow hula hoops. I don't, it just, it feels so weird. And like, I don't think I have like a whiteboard to take out. And I just wondered if anybody actually has like a lot of experience with just doing it outside. Anybody feel free to unmute. You don't need to wait for me to tell you. Yeah, you can just, because um, 
Krista. Hi. Hi. I have some experience with doing outside. Um, I make really hardcore rules. Like the only way we get this privilege is if X, Y, Z, and anybody who doesn't do like follow those rules the very first time they're in, it's kind of like a timeout. Like you have a designated spot where, man, I wish you could have followed the rules. This is really fun what we're doing. Come stand, you know, that's your one standing spot. You see what I'm saying? And then if you only have to do that like once per class, Max, I, I, they want to do that, this privilege. Um, the other, only other thing I say is get yourself a wireless speaker and wireless microphone that connects to it. That will save your voice. Oh man, <laughs> so, so much save your voice going outside. Yeah, for sure. Those are my only two things. It was fun. So Krista, we're what, gonna, oh, sorry. Outside. We're what kind of harmonicas outside. What was the first thing you said before harmonicas? Harmonicas outside. Oh, the graders are get to. That's fun. I'm excited. Yeah. What other activities? So lots of movement activities, did, music, games. What else did you do with them outside? Uh, the chalk idea actually is a really is a really good idea um, because they can draw the actual music notes if you give them chalk. Um, doing a hopscotch. A musical hopscotch is a good idea as well. Um, if you kind of set that up or if you can write it on an already existing hopscotch board, you know, just have put quarter notes and half notes and whole notes, rest notes, you know, a rest means you can't put your foot there. You can modify the game a little bit. Um, and you can also do more like circle activities um, and like freeze activities. So musical chairs, but with a freeze element to it as opposed to a musical chair. So the music plays and when the music stops, everybody has to freeze in their, you know, best sports pose or their best, um, you know, classical composer pose. That one was really funny, what they think the classical composers look like. <laughs> like, it, it, you know, stuff like that. Those games, you can do more of those movement things, but you have to be really, really, really hard and clear about the rules when you go outside like that. Otherwise you lose control of them, like right away, they're gone and then it's wasted and not very fun. Yeah. Laura, do you have any other questions about that? I'm sure a lot, but <laughs> that you can think of off the top of your head. I probably will end up chickening out, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you been told? I've been told nothing. Okay, I was gonna say any guidelines for. Nothing. Where are you? What state are you in? Maryland, and Maryland's actually doing better apparently than forty-six other states, but. Oh, definitely better than Arkansas. I'll tell you that. But my county is the second highest in cases at the moment, and they have similar vaccination rates. Uh, like just like Arkansas is just mm. one county of the whole state. Mm -hmm. So, what and did you teach virtually last year? Um, we did virtual in late fall, but okay. they made us. Uh, I, that was not the correct word to use, but from March, <laughs> mid March till the end of the year, we were we were back, like okay, when concurrent. And nearly the whole school is back, like 
March, or actually more like February. So we actually went back sooner than a lot of other counties and not a lot of them remained virtual the whole year. It was, the kids were just having too many vir- virtual issues. Mm-hmm. So. so who in here is back to school? Um, yeah. That, okay, so why don't you talk about, those of you who are back to school, I wanna hear from you because I know that's, that is something about back to school this year that's on a lot of music teachers' minds is this COVID is, let's just be honest, is picking back up, right? Um, what are you, what, just share ideas for the first week of school of what you've done in your classroom or what you're planning to do this school year to um, keep the kids social distanced. What are you doing to clean the instruments? Um, anything you want to share around that, um, that could be helpful for anyone in here. I saw, I think I saw three of you raise your hand. Who, Katie, you're back. Stephanie, I think you were one. I can't remember who they are. Was it Susan? I might be wrong. No, Cassidy. I think you're back. No, maybe, I, maybe, oh, Ma- Laura. So any of you, Katie, do you want to just share first about what's, what have you done or what are you planning to do? Yeah. So we are fortunate, um, I mean, in comparison, um, it's not perfect here, but I am in Georgia, which you would think that we would be up a creek without a paddle down here, but our school board decided maybe like a week or so before teachers went back that we were going to go back to everybody had to wear a mask. Um, my mom is two counties north of me and they decided that after teachers had been in the building and they had four teachers and their principal, their brand new principal, um, gets at home. So, and she, my mom would have been, had she not been vaccinated, would have been one of those teachers that, um, had to stay home. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to say what the right thing to, I mean, it's, it's easy to know what the, what you think is the right thing to do. Um, I think that it's very important that we keep these kids safe because they do not have the opportunity to be vaccinated at our level if you teach below 12 year olds. Um, I am just very, I mean, I'm not strict about it and I don't discipline the mask because I don't want it to be a discipline problem. But I just, and I said it in the chat earlier, I just make it very clear. I say, all right, friends, we need to have our mask over our nose and our mouth because when we sing, just extra stuff comes out of our mouth and that's just how singing works. And all the time in music, but especially when we're singing, make sure you're covered up. Um, and I've not had any pushback from that. Um, and I've not gotten any nasty parent messages about it. Um, but I do worry about the eventual enough people complain about it that we go to mask optional. Um, And I was really nervous about it before they decided to do it required. Um, They sanitize on the right end. If we're doing anything like very hands-on, I sanitize just in case because it's supposed to be not, you know, super transmissible. That's not even, you know what I mean, contact-wise, but just to be safe. Um, and then it's on their way out the door if they want to go out the door. But I know that a lot of times they'll take restroom breaks on their way back to class. Um, and also I have 80,000 things to remember to tell them the one time I see them in a week. So I try to be on top of this as I can, but I just tell myself that I'm doing what I think is right. And 
I'm doing, I'm keeping them safe as best as I can. And that's all I can do. Cause you can worry yourself into a hole about this. It's very easy to do that. One of my good friends, I teach her children, but she teaches at a middle school and she's having a really hard time with all of this. Um, and so I told her, I was like, you know, I'm very fortunate that at our school, you know, we so far not had anything. We've been in school for four and a half days. So, um, I don't know. It is, it's really, really hard to do what you think is right when other people think it's not right. Um, and I definitely know how that feels being where I am. Um, but yeah, so I think just, it's better safe than sorry. Um, so do whatever you are most comfortable with. And again, I don't make it the mask or being clean, clean or like all that stuff. I don't make it a discipline issue. I just say, this is for your safety period. The end. And I move on. Yeah. Good points. Laura, what about you? What have you done or what are you planning to do this school year for in your classroom um, for COVID purposes? Um, the district has said that uh, masks are optional for staff and students. Um, we have some kids who wear them, some staff who wear them, some don't. Um, I haven't had kids in my room. I've been, this week we've been going to their room just to give them breaks. We start next week, but the schedule is such that there is absolutely no time from one class leaving my room to the next class coming in. And I've got a couple of, of classes, well, third, fourth, and fifth, I have two classes a week that are 90 minutes. And then the other three days, they have 30 minutes. So in the, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but as far as cleaning, they, I mean, the only way I could do it is if I had the kids clean because I don't have any time. Yeah. Do what? I'm the thing that I was just I'm saying to, Oh, Laura, go ahead. And then Krista. I'm saying, Laura, do you have chairs? Yes. Yeah. I'm, maybe the kids can each get their own wipe and just wipe the chair down. Mm hmm. Would you, Laura Baker, do you have, uh, if you are still in your classroom, if you don't end up doing outside, are you, do you have your students in chairs? I, my room is super tiny. So mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of sit spots. Mm -hmm. So I just, um, I have, a, um, what do you call it? Like a Lysol wipe mm -hmm. or something similar. I put it on a um, grabber and then just wipe the dots as they're lining up. Okay. Because we don't have transition time either. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, mean, I, I sit there and laugh when I'm doing it. I'm like, is this doing anything? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We haven't had the 10 minute, you know, germ time for it to go away or mm -hmm. yeah, the time for the germs to go away. Yeah. Um, Krista, what were you going to say? I, I'm like, I can't remember what your name was, but um, I, uh, I'm i like that in that I have no transition time. Like there's no time between oh, to clean and the kids will be passing each other literally in the hallway um, as they leave my room. <laughs> So um, for a good portion of my classes, so I um, found a plant-based wet wipe, disinfectant wipe um, at Aldi. I don't know if you guys have Aldi, but ours was doing, um, had them for a, a dollar, 
a container, a dollar. <laughs> it's the same size as the big old like Lysol ones. And they were only a I, I know you're not supposed to buy stuff for your classroom, but I bought these <laughs> and I bought a whole ton of them um, because it'll make it easier because we do chairs also. So we wipe, the kid will get one as they come in the room and they wipe the chair off. Not the kid that's leaving, the kid that's coming in to sit down will wipe the chair off um, before, because that way it's it's kind of a confirmed that it's cleaned um, kind of step. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And we also have no shared material, um, which makes it complicated um, unless I can disinfect it. And so there are a few things that, again, I gave them like a hand sanitizer in their hand. Like if we do shaking eggs, the egg shakers, I say sanitize your hands and your eggs, and they do it at the same time, and then they drop it into my clean bucket. Like this one's already ready to be used. So those mm. are those take me time, so I don't have to do transition. Yeah, good ideas. Um, anyone else want to share about that? And we'll wrap up in let's say five minutes. We've gone over, but it's totally okay. I want you guys to feel fully supported. Um, Anything else about going back during the pandemic, which still around, uh, or anything about setting up your classroom or how to get ready or things you've already done as you've gone back to school. I would love to hear from anyone who hasn't shared and no pressure to share at all, but I want to hear from anyone who maybe didn't get a turn and you want to share something before we go tonight. And those of you who have shared, I didn't mean to just answer your question so super fast. <laughs> so please feel free, always, always, always feel free to reach out to me um, after, even after we're done here or post in the Facebook group. If you're like, you know what, I asked that question. I kind of want more feedback. All the other members are hanging out in there and they will also be watching this replay. So please feel free. If you did not get clarification on your question answered, feel free to reach out to me or ask in the group as well. Um, I just want to throw that out there. Who else wants to share before we go tonight? Five minutes and we're gonna call it a night because I know you guys are, I could see the tired eyes. I get it. I was at the pool with my kids today. They go back Monday and um, we're all, we're like, you know. <laughs> um, anybody else wanna share that has not shared yet or any questions that you would like answered before we leave? Rewards and consequences at work. Is that is that your question, Laura? Yeah? Who wants? Yeah? We don't really have, we don't have a really decent, school-wide anything in terms of encouraging them to make good choices and okay we're not even we're not on title one so we don't even get um help so um yeah i just burnt out yeah like yeah uh, the kids just can get away with a lot of things mm -hmm. so we're even with even after they're disciplined, it's just nothing really happens. So, and we're not allowed to take, well, I don't want to take recess, but like, we just can't do it. We haven't been able to take that for years. And um, there, there's just looking, yeah, like I thought of this mystery musician thing where the kids have to, but see, I just, I don't think some of the kids are just like, ooh, a little prize, big deal. Like, I mean, and I, I understand relationships work too. And I think for me, that's a huge weakness. Like I'm just not good at yeah. having the time to, I want to get those student-centered activities that really do help build relationships. Right. Because quite honestly, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just not good at it. Like it's hard for me to identify mm -hmm. with the older ones more. Mm -hmm. So um, 
yeah, like just the relationship building thing is it would be a win, but I struggle with that. Like it's yeah. just not in my nature. How long have you been at your school? Um, 16 years. Okay. Yeah. Well, and you guys know like this, the generation, I have three sons too. They're 11, nine and six. This generation is not like when I, I talked to my middle son about that the other day when he was complaining about going play outside. Uh, my mom had to force me to come in because <laughs> I didn't want to come inside. It's just different. And my kids have technology, but not, they're not, they don't sit in front of screens all day. And there are some kids, unfortunately, that is, that's their world. So grabbing the attention of the kiddos nowadays, it's, it is hard because you're like, you're right. There's sometimes like, oh, good, a sticker. Oh, great. A mini eraser. Like I'm, there's some that's still worse with and some you're right though it is relationship building is huge but it is very hard for music teachers to build relationships with 900 kids or insert however many number of students you have in that number um and so i consistency is huge too and i i said this uh this summer as well it's not to me it's not even about what you choose to do it's just about when we talked about how do you choose activities, it is just about picking something and staying consistent with it. Those kids who challenge you and your toughest ones, who it feels like nothing you're doing is working, there's just, I promise you, you're not the only teacher that has struggles with them. And I know it's like, well, great, that doesn't help me because it's, I'm still struggling with them. And it, but it is a lot of times, there is underlying things going on with those kids. Um, I don't know if I've shared this in the Harmony Group before, but I grew up in a family of turmoil. And I, like I said, this is an honest space, and I'm not going to go super deep with you guys, but I grew up in an abusive house. And so I have a heart for kids who I, did, I was one. I was the opposite, though. I was really quiet because, yes, I was shy personality-wise, but I was also very quiet because I just, you know, we were told behave at school and don't tell anybody. That's how my sisters and I were raised. So on the flip side of that, I have such a heart for kids who I can tell the quiet ones kind of doesn't mean they have a situation going on at home like I did. But sometimes if there is acting out or there's the kids who are very quiet or it feels like they're not paying attention, there could could be. It doesn't mean there always is, but there could be something else underlying behind that behavior. So sometimes what I love to do is I know it sounds kind of like, well, this is upside down. Have that student be a leader in your class. Give them a job to do. Say, maybe it's not about the sticker or like handing out a mini eraser, but it's, hey, you know what? I really need help passing out instruments. Or I need help passing out Lysol wipes. <laughs> Can you be my helper today? Oh my gosh, she's not mad at me. Those other teachers all day long have been mad at me for whatever. Um, have them, like just recruit them to help you always strategically place them next to students who will rub off on them. Even if that student is not aware, that's why you're putting them next to that kid, <laughs> but intentionally put them next to students who will be paying attention. And even if they're trying to talk to them, bother them or whatever, the other student will not respond. That takes time too. So make a seating chart, knowing put it in pencil, you're going to be moving it around after you know your students. Um, talk to that kiddo like maybe not in the music room if you don't have time intentionally like are they a bus rider or a car rider or a walker okay i'm going to maybe not just like let's talk about your behavior in my class today but hey what what are you doing after school today or i heard you play football tell me about that or um just that relationship building 
it is hard, especially like you said, with those with the fifth graders, fourth grade, as they're getting older, it's more like, uh, I want to relate to them, but I also like, <laughs> that's not my generation. And they are at that awkward stage of getting closer to middle school and it's harder to talk to them sometimes. But the more they push back, draw in more. And it does depend on your personality. Now, I'm not saying go in there and be like the most outgoing and like high five everyone or high elbow this year or whatever it might be. But there's ways you will be able to build relationships with them. And every student's different. And you won't be able to build relationships individually with each student because you have a lot of them. But pinpoint that maybe that one kid who's like, I don't want a sticker. I don't care about this. And it, you know, maybe kind of just think, think through it a little bit. Talk to their homeroom teacher and say, what have you tried with this kid? What works? Or do you know if they're involved in any activities? Or, hey, I'm going to eat lunch with this child today and just surprise them. You know, and just little ideas like that. It'll come to you. I don't have all the answers for you, you know, but it will come to you where you know those specific children where rewards doesn't seem to work. No matter how much encouragement you give them, how much, hey, I noticed you did a great job today and they're rolling your eyes at you. You know, um, one of my toughest students, this is this is a student who reached out to me actually last year. He was actually a kid who, he was kind of one that just like would take random things off my desk as he was leaving, like little things, like sticky notes. It wasn't ever big things, but just, and I always knew it was him. I'm like, why do you keep doing that? And so he and his email was kind of sarcastic about it. Like, you remember I used to take things off your desk? I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. But I didn't, I didn't give up on him. It was just, you know, I, I kept at it and I didn't even see the fruits of my labor when he was in elementary school. But later on I did, you know, he remembered me and I remembered him. And so biggest piece of advice, Laura Baker is yes. Consistency is huge. Build relationships in whatever way that looks like for you, knowing that it doesn't mean you got to be super outgoing and, you know, like, um, I don't know. You don't have to sit down and eat lunch. I was just giving examples, but maybe it is as, as simple as writing a like a, a note. I'm proud of you or great job today and handing it to that child on the way out of the classroom. You know, you never know. They may hang on to that note and that may be like a note of encouragement that they've maybe never received before or something. So just wanted to give some feedback about that. Um, but with that said, share before we go, because we are over, um, who I... I've been talking a lot more than I meant to, and I'm sorry. I want anybody to share any rewards or consequences that you have used that you feel like have really worked well and just give some ideas to others in here tonight. And I'm going to mute myself. Anybody want to share a few rewards that you have used with your kids or that maybe you haven't seen your kids yet that you are planning to use this year? It can just be one idea. Katie. I do um, individual rewards. So I do, I call it Rockstar. I got it straight from my cooperating teacher. I'm looking for something over here. Um, I So I choose one to two students and I have the mini erasers um if you are a mini erasers teacher and you feel gypped by target this season because they don't have their regular stash um michaels makes uh like thing of 250 of them and it's actually like pretty comparable if not better of a deal 
um, as far as like pinnings to the eraser. Um, and so I'm just looking for people that are, you know, really making an effort to meet my expectations. And I'm going to put said expectations, a link to that in the chat. Um, I just have five rules and they're very basic and they're on different colored posters. And this week I've told them that like my biggest thing about showing respect is that you're listening while you're, while other people are talking and that I'm listening to you when you're talking. Um, so like if somebody is not doing that, I just say, Hey, Jessica, look at that green rule. And I don't have to stand around and lecture them and embarrass them in front of everybody, but it's just very quick and they can look and see what that green rule is. And then they know what I'm looking for them to fix. Um, obviously with the younger kids, you might have to like read the rule to them. Um, but those are my expectations and they're hanging up and I intentionally chose to do different colors so that I could do it that quickly. And then I also, um, I can take a picture of it cause it's kind of hard to explain. Um, but I have these little like fish in like ocean things. I'll take a picture of it when I get to work in the morning cause it sounds weird, but each teacher's name has a fish each, you know, it's way past my time, but there's a fish per teacher and I'm going to move them along the water as they have a good class. And good class for me is I don't have to fully stop the lesson in its tracks to address behavior. And then the older kids, I'm going to let them kind of decide with me what those incentives are. Um, and they might be like a five minute go noodle at the end of class. It might be um take class outside it might be they get to bring their the older kids can bring their chromebooks and they can have some individual time in quaver um in their student accounts um so i'll let them help me decide that um and then i have a golden sloth they're just target has like animal figures right now and i spray painted them gold and so they get to take a golden sloth with them back to class um to keep for like a week or whatever um so that's what I'm doing. And I'll take a picture of that whole class behavior system. I have it on one of my bulletin boards. I'll put it in the Facebook group in the morning. I keep forgetting I'm muted, sorry. Um, who else was, Wendy, do you wanna unmute real quick and share? You were talking about, um, oh gosh, secret student. How do you do that? Um, pretty much the same as Katie. I I choose them like month by the month and I have them on an Excel spreadsheet in my computer. So I know who it's gonna be each day. And um, they, uh, my upfront conversation with them is just simply, I'm looking for somebody that's being polite, that's participating, that's helping friends, that's doing all of that kind of stuff. and you know, if they succeed as my secret student, then they get a trip to my treasure box. Um, if they don't succeed, I'll just say my secret student didn't succeed today, but I don't tell them who it was because that's just not okay as far as I'm concerned. So um, they are very aware. And as they walk in every day, I say, I'm watching my secret student today. And they're like, oh, well, maybe it's me, maybe it's me. And it, it tends to help. Um, I also have... Uh, book pockets on my wall for each teacher. And I have these little teeny tiny pieces of paper. I call them pink tickets. And when I, um, when I catch them doing something great, or if they give me a right answer that nobody else gives me or whatever else, they go write a pink ticket and they put it in their pocket, in the teacher's pocket. And then when the pocket gets kind of full, I 
draw a few names out of that for kids that can go to the to the treasure box as well. And that helps too because it's an instant, oh yeah, I gotta I gotta be paying attention or whatever. So it's just I don't even know where I came up with that one, but well, yeah, sometimes those ideas will come to you. Just sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm gonna try this. Or you hear an idea, you know, being shared by other teachers. Um I know, and that's that's the thing. It's like sometimes the best ideas are spur of the moment. You're like, I'm just gonna try this and see what happens. I love that idea though, because like you said, the students don't know if they're the student you're watching, the secret student. And so, um, but real quick before we go, what do you do? Because I know you guys all experience this and I get asked this question a lot as well. If you do have that student, there is maybe that one student, you're, you're probably already thinking of a name, who doesn't care. This will be the last question that we're gonna go about. It doesn't seem like they care about any individualized incentives or rewards or even about participating with the class for their class rewards. How do you handle that? Uh, um, anybody want to touch on that real quick and then we'll go. Cause that's, a, that's a question that we can talk about for two hours, obviously. Anybody want to just share something that's worked for you with that? With me, that tends to be, um, that's where I have them helping me. That's where I'll say, hey, can you pass out the papers for me or can you do something like this for me? And all of a sudden there's a little bit more buy in. And again, there's no necessary reward to it, except that they're helping the teacher, which, you know, kids are all about that. So that's what I do. Yeah. Awesome. Anybody else? Real quick and then we're going to go. I know you're all tired. All right, you guys, this has been great. And I want you to continue the conversations with each other. Reach out, message each other on Facebook. Uh, feel free to share your phone numbers with others if you feel comfortable doing that. Come in the Facebook group if you're not a part of that. That's where conversations are happening. And please feel free to ask questions in there. Um, but we're here to support you any way we can. And I'm super excited to have you in Harmony and to support you this school year. And I don't want you to leave this conversation and going, oh my gosh, like I have so many more questions. Please feel, please know, not feel free. Please know that this is not just a one time, this is one time a month, but the conversations go on all month. All right. So don't feel stuck. We're here to support you however we can and have an amazing night, you guys. I'll see where you soon. We, somebody yeah. said something about Facebook, like look, yeah. where do I look? Like, For the Facebook group? No, for apparently somebody said they were going to put something in, oh. like, but I think there's like three different ones. So I wasn't like, which one am I supposed to look at? The Harmony Facebook group. There's, okay. there's another Facebook group, the elementary music teacher community group. Okay. That's the one where I host challenges and that's just the free group. Okay. I pop in there occasionally, but the member group is this one. Um, I don't know if you're in, I don't know if you're a member yet in there. Um, the, so if you are in the Harmony Facebook group, that's where Katie was that's our member group. Okay. That's where anything related to the membership site will always be posted. All right, you guys have an amazing night. Get some rest. I know a lot of you are about to just go ahead and go right to bed. <laughs> so I will see you soon. You guys have an amazing night. I'll see you later.